Welcome to All Ears Senior Living Success, where we talk with industry leaders to make sure you find success in your community. My name is Matt Riders, and I'm the co-founder of Eversound, a company dedicated to improving quality of life for older adults by giving them the gift of hearing. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by my friend Evans Adrian, co-founder at Endeavor Senior Living. I had a chance to connect with Evans a couple weeks ago and found his view of senior living super refreshing and really believe that they're a group that is truly being innovative and really pushing the industry norms. Thanks for joining me today, Evans. Thank you for having me on, man. So Evans, can you share a little bit of your background and uh, how you got into senior living? Yeah, sure. Um, You know, 15 years ago, um, I had a huge passion for uh, fashion and decided to take the reins and start my own business in the fashion industry. Um, Partnered with one of my best friends, Jeff, and uh, founded a company in fashion advertising. And, you know, that is so far away from senior living for sure. Um, And, you know, we ran that for for five years and we ended up selling the company. It was a great success. I'm I'm very proud of it. And um, I kind of was floating around. So I decided to open up a restaurant, which is a farm to table restaurant, which has the butcher shop, the farm, and the restaurant all kind of uh, cohesively together. And um, over the last few years, uh, built that up and felt like I was, I prefer to do something a little bit more altruistic. And so I, I felt like there was two industries that I wanted to go into and senior housing was one of them. Um, I have a background in real estate just from my family and felt like it was a great, a great way to uh, acquire real estate and then operate a really successful business. And so um, went into that and uh, here we are with Endeavor. I was an ED for, for, for a year um, at a community and learned the ropes and um, felt like it was time for me to go off and branch off and people. I love it. It's such a, I, it's a very unique story, but I love it. I mean, starting on the fashion side and then working your way over, that's, uh, I love that. Um, and, you know, I know in some of our talks here, Evans, you had mentioned that you have shared that you believe yourself to be the black sheep of senior living. Can you, uh, can you explain that a little bit more to us? Yeah, I think that the industry, like coming in from it from an outside perspective, the way that things are run in senior housing and senior living are not the way that every other industry in the world does it. It just seems like senior housing and senior living together are, you know, decades behind every other industry practices. Uh, it's getting better. I'm going to admit that there's a lot of really great people making headway into into it, uh, including yourself. And I think that there's a, a shift coming. Um, I think that I'm the black sheep because I do things differently. Uh, I'll hit you on the nose with something that if I don't like it or I don't agree with it, or I think that there's a better way to do it um, in order to achieve a result. And I think that kind of shakes people in healthcare in general. I think that they're just a little bit taken aback by it because it's it's super passive aggressive. I'm going to say like working in facilities, everyone is never direct. They never tell you what you really want to hear. And it's always kind of cryptic. So you're sitting there guessing, hmm, what did they really mean? What did they really want? And you're, you're playing a guessing game. And I guess for me, I don't like playing guessing games. And uh, I would say you either love me or you hate me. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm there to achieve a result. And, and help others achieve results as well. So that I think that's why I'm the black sheep. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like, you know, as an industry, we need more of that too, right? I think, you know, being more direct and telling how it is. And if you don't agree, I, I think my experience is everyone's really nice in this industry, which is, you know, it can be a good thing and a bad thing at times. And, uh, you know, sometimes people will be yes people and just will kind of continue to go with the status quo. And, you know, and, 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 are, and are afraid to rock the ship, the boat, right? Because no one really wants to to do that or, or be that person. So I applaud your efforts from afar. And, uh, 
Yeah, and making you... I think I think that they're just scared to rock the boat because it's such a yeah. traditional industry. You know, you've got rents in, rents out, caregivers, healthcare. You know, you've got your your culinary department. It's kind of all set in stone and it's always been set in stone. The formula is really simple. So to deviate from that doesn't seem intuitive, right? You're telling yourself, well, I should be doing it the way that it's always been done because it's always been done that way and it's always worked that way. So why go against the flow of, of, of the water, right? Yeah, yeah, we're not... Yeah, a lot of people are not made to be salmon swimming upstream, but I think we, as an industry, need more of that. And, you know, we kind of talk about the senior living market shifting. How are you seeing it shifting, you know, and how should we be overhauling senior living as a whole? That's a really great question, by the way. I think that it boils down to culture. I think that culture um, internally in your building is the stepping stone. Um, I was sitting um, with a management company that was at my last building and, um, they told us, hey, you know, our residents come first. That was our number one. And I don't disagree with that. But I said, you know, for me, employees are number one. And I will always put the employees as number one because they are the frontline workers. They're the ones that are taking care of the residents. And by extension, you're treating the employees as number one. They will in turn make your residents number one. And I think they were kind of like taken aback by that at the time. And uh, I think that I was, again, the black sheep in the room. And it was like, everyone was kind of looking at me in shock, like, oh, he just said, that, you know, the residents aren't number one. He just said the employees are number one. And that's a, I think that's a big shift that's happening right now as I think through the pandemic, uh, we were told that like frontline workers were like expendable. They were just like disposable frontline workers making, you know, minimum wage. And they finally stood up and said, you know, we are not expendable. We are really, really important people taking care of these elderly people. And we deserve to be recognized for that. And I think that there's a big shift in it. You know, you look at the statistics and you look at the exit of how many people have left the industry. And it boils down to they, there's no such thing as a staffing shortage. There's a poor employer shortage because everybody wants to work for a great employer and they're going to stick around. I don't know anybody that said, hey, I've just left my job at Google because I didn't like it. Um, that just doesn't happen. And so I think that if we can see those shifts happening in senior living, um, that's the way to overhaul it is through the ground, from the ground level to the employees, taking care of them, um, making sure that they, they, they are well-fed, making sure that they are make a livable wage. And I think in turn that they're going to work a lot harder because they feel like they are respected and that it is a professional job. Taking care of somebody is a professional job. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point. And it makes sense too, right? Take care of your employees. They're going to take care of your residents. And um, I do I do like that, the thinking. And I have to agree with it too. I mean, I think if you're, you know, we as an industry talk about all these staffing shortages and stuff, but if you're a group that's like really prioritizing the employee experience and the employee's quality of life, I mean, it's just going to trickle down and making sure that they're, the residents are set up for success as well. Um and, and, they're invite, well, and they're also inviting their friends to work there because they're like, oh, I, I worked with somebody else at another facility. This this industry is very incestuous. So you you always know everyone else in the industry. And so it's really easy to say this is a good employer or this is a bad employer. I wouldn't go work for them. Yeah. No, yeah. Everyone talks and uh, we're fools to think if they're not. And uh, yeah, it's it's very, very true. And Evans, I know one of the things that we've talked about uh, is this idea of the changing of the guard within senior living. And um, I think we've agreed it's a good thing. And I'm curious why you would say that. Yeah, I think that 
it's it's time for a shift. I think that the uh, the older generation, and there's nothing ageist about this. I just think that they they were born and bred in an industry from from the '90s and the 2000s, and it's kind of carried throughout their career that that is the model that they're familiar with. Now, there's tons of people making headway to make changes and adopt new technologies and adopt new practices and listen to the younger generation. But I feel like a lot of the workers just haven't been heard in this industry. And so when when an employee comes to me and they say, "Hey, I've got an idea for something," I don't just say, oh, that's great, and then dismiss it and then never follow up with them. I think it's super critical to listen to what they have to say. If it's a new technology that they want to implement, whether it's a new system that they want, whether they heard something about that another facility was doing and how we can implement it over here. I think it's 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 a great thing that there's a changing of the guard. I think that the younger generation is really bringing a breadth of fresh air for people to really expand their horizons and be a part of a, of a following within their own community and truly be leaders. And I think that's that's for me, that's that's really wonderful. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I think too, so it's been interesting to kind of like live through this over the last five years or so. I remember, you know, just I I won an award or we won an award, my my co-founders and I of like, you know, it was like senior living leaders under the age of 40, right? And here's the future of this industry. And there's been, and this was back in like 2018, there's been zero follow-up to that group of people. Like these are the future leaders that are going to be running these communities. And I would just remember being so surprised and still surprised that like, you know, these are the people that are going to be more in leadership positions. These are the people that are starting to take over. And I think, you know, they were kind of doing this as like a nice to have and kind of promote, you know, with all the, like the Forbes 40 under 40 or 30 under 30, whatever it was. Um, and I found that to be wild, but these are the people starting to becoming leadership positions. And I think when we're doing things like that, we need to actually listen to these people and try to put people in positions to take advantage of those new and fresh ideas rather than just being stuck in, Hey, this is how it's always been. And this is how it's going to always be. Yeah. And you know, my recruitment strategy is finding everyone who's never worked in senior living. If I see a resume that's like 15 years in senior living, I'm like, I want to see somebody that's worked in retail. I want to see somebody that's worked at a tech company. I want to see somebody that wants to um, change career paths. And I think that it's a really great way to say, you know, there's no old habits. There's no thinking to themselves. Oh, well, this is the way that it's always been done. There's a change of guard. There's new fresh blood in the industry that historically never worked in the industry. So they don't have those connections. There's no, uh, there's no in talking there's no um there's no bad blood and i think for yeah. me that's really important yeah i would agree and you know we talk about change for this industry right changing of the guard some of these other things that we can do to overhaul and you know change can be scary at times and i think as a risk adverse industry we we tend to avoid that but you know as an industry how do you think we can overcome this it's a hard question it's a big one to overcome because inherently you know, salmon swimming upstream is a lot scarier than going with the flow. Um, bringing waves of change is not an easy task. It takes a, uh, not a single person. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. It takes a group of people making a constant effort in order to bring those, those changes and to show that they're adopting those changes as well. Um, one of the biggest challenges is no matter how bad I want to implement something new in a community, just it just doesn't always pan out like I always wanted it to. Uh, it's always a hard task because it is scary, you know, for people that have been using the same system on paper or you know a, pay, a specific payroll system uh, on the technology side. It's like to implement something that's not from senior housing that's totally different. It's like why are you doing it? And I think um, overcoming it is just like breaking down those barriers and telling people it's okay to fail. 
it's okay to make mistakes. I can't name the amount of times that I've made mistakes in my career. Um, but it's from the mistakes that you kind of learn and uh, understand that it's not always going to be perfect. And it's not always going to be the right move. And sometimes I make moves in, in this business and it's not always the right choice and you adapt and you overcome it. And I think like explaining to people that it's okay to fail, that it's okay that if you don't understand the system to ask for the help. Um, and if you don't like these changes, you know, speak up, say that, you know, maybe you think that there's something better out there and bring it to the table and actually talk about it. And I think having that open dialogue is the secret sauce. Um, because historically speaking, most people in communities don't get a chance to speak up. Yeah. Yeah. It's having that open and honest dialogue without fear of punishment or any fear of retribution or anything like that. And, and, and having those, those honest conversations with ourselves and, you know, really trying to, to do what's best for the employees, for the residents and taking that next step and, you know, jumping in with two feet or head first, however yeah. you prefer to jump into the water. I think it's, I think historically it's like a dip of your toe in the water to test the temperature and then you're going to put your leg in and then you're going to jump in. Uh, and that's okay too. I mean, I think that uh, as an industry that struggled to adopt new practices very quickly is, is quickly changing. I think that there is a change of the guard. I think that new, new, new people, new leaders, new COOs, new CEOs um, are adapting their change. And I think that they're bringing it forward to really um, build what they've always thought it could be. And finally, we're given that opportunity. I think the younger generation is given that opportunity to do it. Yeah, I would agree. And and one of the things you're kind of mentioning there in one of your answers was the idea of, of technology and all this too, right? And how that kind of comes into, into change. And, you know, I'm curious what your thoughts on, on where technology comes into play and how it plays that meaningful role. Technology is the, it's like the foundation of Endeavor. I've been, uh, obsessed with early adoption of technology since I was a kid. I used to build my computers with my dad growing up. And I think that the foundation of a business is only as strong as its operation and only as strong as how cohesive each system works with one another. Um, I think I'm going to cite a really good example. This industry is just stuck on Microsoft. I don't know why, um, but if I look at like a hundred companies and I randomly select them from across the United States, I'm almost sure 99 of them are going to be on Microsoft products. And it's not that I'm bashing Microsoft products. I just think that they've never really looked to an alternative and um, adopting a new email system and a new platform, say as a Google product, and this isn't a plug or anything, I'm just speaking from, from experience. It's, it's scary because they're like, well, I've always been on Outlook. I always know my, I know my Outlook. I'm comfortable with it. It's like, well, did you know that you can automate a whole, whole lot more processes within that technology? And if I can automate my day-to-day -day and filter my messages and, you know, bring down my inbox to, to understand uh, that not every single email is super important and not get that overwhelming feeling. I think that technology as a whole and the cohesive systems within your organization are what are what the future is going to be for senior living. Uh, so when I look at each and every system, how do they play into the community? How do they benefit the quality of life of the residents? How do they call How do they um, bring forward uh, a quality of life for the employees because they're the ones that are using it? and how simple it is. Um, we've had other conversations earlier that just talk about like onboarding and implementing that new technology. And if you don't have a great implementation team, then it's never really going to catch on because you don't get the buy-in and the buy-in is 90% of it. Uh, I think that's the hardest part is just getting people to buy into it. Um, but it is a very, very meaningful role. And I think that technology is only going to help fuel successful senior living businesses in the future.
Yeah. And I think one of the ideas you shared there that I think is, uh, you know, probably not what many people in senior living think is like technology is the foundation, right? I think a lot of these providers are thinking of technology as kind of like a nice to have or, you know, something we can add on later, but really it's, it's what can you automate? What can you get into some sort of process that's, you know, out of what you're trying to do and really automate your day to day. And and really it's the foundation. And, you know, I know for my day to day, it's, I don't know where I'd be without it, but, uh, and it's yeah. interesting because like, I look at our onboarding process and it's a hundred percent digital. We don't have, uh, a day where people fill out paperwork. Our paperwork is completely online, sent directly to your email, and you fill it out on your computer at home. You go through your entire first day of training at home on your computer in the comfort of your own home. And then your first day at the community is just filled with love. It's filled with excitement. It's filled with relationship building. And it's not filled about paper. It's not filled with paperwork. You're not sitting there penning things down, looking for IDs. You know, you're in the comfort of your own home. And I think like just the onboarding process in senior living is completely uh, archaic. And I think that there's some companies making headway to it, but I'll say that the majority of them, it's very, very far behind. So if I can make the lives of our employees easier, then why not? Yeah. Hey, I'm all about that. And Evan's my last question here for you. And I think arguably my favorite and arguably most important, if you were to give other senior living providers three guiding principles as they move throughout 2023, what would you say? Oh, that's, that's a very loaded question. Um, I think... The number one thing I would say is, is be humble. Um, listen to the people that are around you. Um, stop talking and start listening a lot more to your frontline workers. Um, the guiding principle is just be humble and listen. Um, the next one I think would be research and development. I think that it's one of those things that kind of get pushed off to the side. Um, spend a little bit more time researching and developing some of your own internal policies and practices, at least for those who are on the operation side like I am and take a deep insight into whether your systems are working or not. So take some time, research and develop, and see if there's any way to modify or change your current practices to yield a much better result. Um, and then I think the last thing would just be culturally focused. I think that historically they've been so focused on the sales process that that will come naturally when your culture is really great and your tours see how happy your employees are and how wonderful your community is filled with love. You know, there's no animosity. Everyone is happy to be there. It doesn't look like grunge work. It's, you're just, you're there to, to serve the seniors and take care of them. And I think culturally that is the last guiding principle. I think those are like probably my own three guiding principles, but you know, it extends to uh, other senior living communities as well. Yeah. Hey, it's three great guiding principles to have. So thanks so much, Evans, for joining me. I know our listeners will get out a, a lot out of this and uh, grateful for our time here together today. Thank you. I hope so. If you'd like to know when we post the next episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're interested in how Eversound can help improve the quality of life in your community, Find out more at eversoundhq.com.